I'm AJ Bianco from Podcast PD, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like this show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast, the show where educators can come find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. Welcome, 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 leaders of learning to another episode of the podcast. This is episode 30. It's kind of a special episode. It uh, not only marks the three-decade episode mark, but also uh, it's the beginning of really season two. We've reached one year. It's kind of a one-year anniversary, although I think technically September 6th was really uh, the one-year anniversary from the first official episode of the podcast uh, being published last year in 2017. But man, it's been a wild ride. We've come 30 episodes in, and I really can't thank you enough. Those of you who are loyal listeners, uh, even those of you who are just tuning in for the first or second time, I really appreciate it. Uh, Not only do I appreciate you guys for listening, but I just appreciate that there is something that either I or the guests that I bring on to the show can offer you in terms of professional development or professional growth of any kind, both in terms of being an educator and, of course, being an educational leader. The show has come a really long way in one year. Thinking back to my very first episode with a good friend of mine, Dr. Sarah Thomas, who wasn't even Dr. Sarah Thomas, actually, at the time of the release of episode one. She was still just Sarah Thomas, uh, went on to receive her doctorate a few months later, now Dr. Sarah Thomas. And we've had many great guests, even some solo episodes that I did over the summer. Thanks for tuning in to those. I have to say I was surprised and flattered that those three episodes, my mini leadership series this past summer that I did by myself with no guests, actually ended up being some of the most downloaded episodes of the show thus far. Hopefully each episode keeps building in terms of numbers and listenership, but again, I just thank those of you who are out there listening because I really appreciate it. And again, I hope you're getting something out of each and every episode that I bring you. Speaking of each episode, I have a brand new one, episode 30. Like I said, it's a kind of special episode for me. And I thought the perfect guest to bring on is a man who has really helped the show. Uh, Not only he's helped me build the show, he's even helped me build the website for the show, Leader of Learning. And maybe most importantly, believed enough in me and this podcast to put us on the Education Podcast Network. I am talking about the one and only Chris Nessie, who may not need very much of an introduction. If you're into educational podcasts, as I'm sure you are since you're listening to this, you probably know him. He hosts the House of EdTech podcast and Podcast PD with a couple of his friends. He also produces podcasts. And like I said, he is the founder of the Education Podcast Network. Chris is a dedicated history teacher, an educational leader in every sense of the word, and of course, a a master podcaster. This guy does it all. 
he does so much. I was just really grateful for him giving me the time to come on to the episode. But he had a lot of really great things to say, everything from podcasting to educational technology. We had a great conversation, and I'm really looking forward to you hearing it. So without further ado, here was my conversation with Chris Nessie. All right, guys, I am honored to have as my guest on this episode, Mr. Chris Nessie or Mr. Nessie, the host of the House of EdTech podcast. Uh, Chris Nessie, people know you already, but if you could introduce yourself, who are you? Where are you? What do you do? First, Dan, it's an honor to be here on your podcast. I really appreciate the invite. And, you know, obviously some of your audience may know me, so I apologize to all of you. But for those of you who don't know me, uh, again, Chris Nessie. Uh, husband, father, educator, podcaster from New Jersey. Uh, I, I create podcasts. I'm addicted to podcasts. I love education and I'm addicted to education and teaching students, teaching teachers, and just trying to leave the world a better place than when I found it. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I've already mentioned this to the listeners, but you've done a lot for me and this podcast over the last year. And that's why as we are basically celebrating the one year anniversary of this show and, and sort of kicking off the second season, I thought you'd be one of the perfect guests. Now, don't take this the wrong way, but I kind of consider you one of the OG educational podcasters. Um, and so I guess I'm wondering, like, how did you even get started doing it? And, and where has it taken you over the last, I don't even know how many years it's been, five, six, seven years since you've been doing it? I've been doing this for five years. So at the end of 2018, I will have finished my sixth year. And I started in podcasting. I launched my show, House of Ed Tech, back in January of 2014. And late in 2013, my wife, who is a high school librarian, maybe in end of September, October, she basically said to me, Chris, you love education. You love technology. It's your passion. I'm sick of listening to you talk about it. So why don't you like learn how to do podcasting and start your own podcast and go talk to the world ab about this stuff? She goes, we can talk sometimes, but go, go, go do that. Go, you, you're smart enough. Go teach yourself how to do it. So basically in maybe 10 to 12 weeks, listening to podcasts about podcasting and reading and articles and watching videos on YouTube, I taught myself how to launch a podcast and the house of EdTech was born, which was like a gateway drug because, <laughs> uh, now it's, you know, hosting podcast PD with Stacey Lindis and AJ Bianco. It's, you know, being the founder of the education podcast network, which you're a part of, thankfully. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm knee deep in podcasts. I edit podcasts for other people. Um, it's just really exciting. And it wouldn't have happened if she didn't like a good woman who pushes every good man, you know, she, she, she pushed me. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I can see how wrapped up in the world of podcasting you are. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in it now too. I don't know if I'm as knee deep as you are, but, um, I really love doing it. And, and so I guess, um, you know, what, what is it about podcasting and, and I guess, you know, in the realm of education, like what is it that makes it special for me? I got tired of retweeting everybody. You know, we, we all know a lot of the quote unquote big names there in education and there were big names, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. I also was tired of just being a retweeter and I knew that I had a perspective and a point of view on education that I wanted to share and I thought was valuable. So th that's one of the main reasons is I have something to say and it's about a topic that I'm very passionate about because I want to see teachers effectively integrate technology and improve their instruction and create an even more engaging experience for their students. That's awesome that you mentioned that. And I, and I want to kind of follow up 
with that. And and something you said a minute ago about helping not not just hosting your your own show or shows, but you know starting the network, uh, helping other podcasters like me get started, uh, market ourselves, like every everything related to podcasting. And, and so I know that one of the things you love to do is to really just help people, whether it be podcasting or using educational technology. Actually, one of the things I love about the House of Ed Tech is when you uh, wrap up, you always say, using technology isn't hard, just give it a try. So um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, how did you get started using educational technology and, and how it's become such a thing where you want to really get out there and help other people do it as well, that, that passion that you have for it. When I was about 12 or 13, I first got into with my dad. He, he, he at the time, he worked uh, in international banking and we had one PC in our house that he would sometimes let me use. And when he did, I gravitated to desktop publishing and designing flyers. And I, I'm a very visual person. I consider myself to be a creative type, I guess. And it started for me with desktop publishing. Then I got into Photoshop and um, I've been using Photoshop now for 20 plus years, self-taught, uh, got into web design. And that just led me to continue to want to use computers. And then, you know, when the internet came into my house, it was, all right, when is anybody not going to be on the phone? And, you know, we, we all had those AOL discs and, you know, my family had AOL and it was, you know, when can I get on the internet? And I, I just gravitated to the technology and, you know, always just seemed to be ahead of everybody else in terms of, you know, using Microsoft Word. And I was really into the computer classes in high school. And then obviously having that experience and then wanting to get into education, it, it, it was a no brainer that, and, and I knew right from the beginning that bringing tech into the classroom was the future, the present. And, you know, it started in student teaching when I started a blog and, you know, used uh, Moodle with my cooperating teacher and wanted to make sure that, you know, and I started how we tell people not to do it, but it was the beginning. So it was digitizing worksheets and making PDF files and making the book accessible online so that all kids could, you know, be able to access it anywhere and, you know, really eliminate those excuses that so often come out in our classroom. So yeah, it's it's funny. Like I, I'm trying to, I'm listening to you, and I'm trying to think of of how I became so so big into ed tech and, and just technology in general. And um, I don't know that I had as many uh, experiences earlier in, in life as you, but I, I do know that when I started teaching, uh, literally, I can I can remember this like vividly. Um, I, I began teaching full time in my own classroom uh, in 2006, and I only used—I can remember—literally, I only used a, a grade book, like the hard copy, you know, spiral, like the old school grade book, for one month. And I was like, "This, I can't do this anymore. I have to digitize this." So I, I got started using a, a digital grade book software, um, and then I ended up linking that to a class website where students and parents could go on to the website to get announcements and and check their grades and it was just that that for me was probably uh you know my first you know my first real experience using technology for for good in education but yeah I think we have similar experiences there and, and actually in, in hearing you talk I remember it also you know back in 2008 when I got my first long-term sub position I was an eighth grade social studies teacher and I started uh, March, somewhere April in there. And I had the kids, you know, sign up for Google accounts. And before there was, you know, Google for education, there was Mr. Nessie having all these kids in the eighth grade sign up for Gmail using Google Docs, 
sharing all those documents with me before there was a nice way to do it and just eliminated those excuses, having to let them know that, hey, you don't you no longer have to get together with your friends at the library on a Saturday to work together, work in one document and, you know, collaborate. And, and that was before there was a chat in it. So it was I remember pulling it up on the uh, on the projector and showing them how they could all how we could type at the same time in a document. And just imagine what that looked like in 2008 with 38th graders trying to type in one doc. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm even thinking about what my educational technology in my first classroom looked like. I had an overhead projector even in 2006 when I started with a chalkboard, not a whiteboard, uh, no, no smart board. Actually, uh, the I want to say it was the second, maybe third year I was teaching. No, it was probably the second. Second year teaching, so we're talking like 2007, 2008 school year. Um, my principal said, hey, we want to, as a school, we want to pilot putting a few smart boards in just a few classrooms throughout the school. And we had to like write a proposal uh, to the principal, you know, submit a letter saying why you want one, what you're going to do with it, how it's going to benefit the students in your classroom. And I got one. Uh, and so I was one of the first few teachers in my school. And, and now they're I don't want to say they're they're outdated, but they're they're kind of uh, going away. They're at least not as popular as they used to be. But, yeah, I was one of the first teachers to pilot a smart board, you know, if you could believe that. <laughs> hey, hey, back then when you got that first smart board, was it was the projector mounted to it or did you have like I, I also had one, too where the board was separate from the projector and the projector was on a cart and there was like a wire that connected. Uh, we did have one on a cart, but I think the one that was put into the classrooms, including mine, had the projector that was mounted to it. A uh, funny story about the smart board, um, you know, because as people were, were first seeing them and getting used to them, they weren't exactly sure how to use them. I had a substitute teacher. Well, I shared a room with uh, the Spanish teacher. Actually, she shared everybody's room. She kind of traveled around. And one day she was in my, my room or her class was in my room, but there was a substitute. And I kid you not, the substitute started writing on my smart board with a permanent marker. Oh I nearly gosh. lost my mind. I was like, no, you can't do that. But <laughs> yeah, so, so interesting experiences as we got started with that technology, you know, when we were using the smart board. The Leader of Learning podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network, podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. The Leader of Learning podcast is also a proud member of Voice Ed Radio, changing the way you talk about education. To listen to more great education content, please visit voiceed.ca. Let me get back to uh, something else that you said, or actually another show that you host, uh, you know, Podcast PD. I love the show, and I just love in general the idea about how much podcasting can do for uh, providing opportunities for professional development for for any educator, whether it be teacher, administrator, coach, what have you. Um, you know, wh where does where do podcasts fit in, and just in general, what can educators do to get more of that personalized PD? Podcasting take out take out the education. I mean, not not the education, but the fact that we're educators. Podcasts are just a super simple way to basically learn anything you want. You know, I mean, we don't hesitate to get on YouTube and at times go down the rabbit hole of TED Talks where we're watching these amazing people give these amazing presentations on really interesting topics. And, you know, we've all seen, you know, start with why from Simon Sinek. We've all seen the TED Talk with Rita Pearson, you know, every kid needs a champion. But, but podcasts, you know, you can do 
so many things while listening to a podcast. Who knows? I mean, for you listening to this podcast right now, please send Dan a message and let him know what you do while you listen to his podcast. Because you might be mowing your lawn, raking your leaves, shoveling your driveway, driving to work, driving home from work, sitting on your prep, flying on a plane. You can you don't have to be devoted and give your full attention to listening to a podcast. And anything you want to learn, and I tell I do this in presentations, there's a podcast for you. Anything. Whether you want to learn something, you just want to be entertained or, or feed a guilty pleasure. For me, it's you know some sports podcasts, uh, some podcasts about the TV shows that I enjoy watching, and I listen to a bunch of education podcasts, and I also listen to podcasts that are you know for entrepreneurs or for becoming just a better person and developing yourself as a person. And if you can become a better person, I can become a better educator. I can become a better father, a better friend, a better fill-in-the-blank. And a podcast can do that for me. It's just, it's too easy not to listen. Yeah, yeah, good points. No, I I hear what you're saying. And, and I think that uh, it is an amazing way to learn things. Um, two follow-up questions. Where is, where do you normally, uh, like on average, where are you listening to podcasts? In the car when I'm commuting to and from school because my commute is about 45 minutes to an hour. So I'm doing that five days a week. Yeah, yeah, me too. I um I have about a forty to forty five minute drive, not quite as long, but you know, similar uh commute that, that you have. So uh I spend a lot of time in, in the car listening to podcasts. All right, so at the time that we're recording this, we are just about to enter into a new school year. Probably when this episode gets releases, we'll have just started. So hey, new school year, what are you looking to accomplish? This is actually very timely because we just did an episode regarding this on Podcast PD, you know, starting the year. So depending on when this airs, I will have either done the following or I'm still looking forward to engaging my kids from day one and really kind of hooking them in. But something that I'm really excited about, which I haven't really shared publicly yet, but I'll share it here because why not? Uh, I'm going to have a student teacher for the first time in my career during the fall semester this year. So I'm really going to be one trying to do some new things in the classroom that I was planning to do with uh, thematic instruction in social studies and project-based learning, but now also mentoring another person who wants to do this for a living and not screwing that's that up. That's really cool. <laughs> not screwing it up. Yeah, no, that's cool. I, I, I like that. And um, that was actually something that I, that I wanted to ask you anyway. So you mentioned a student teacher. And one of the things that I also know about you is that you have a gig at Rutgers where you're, you're instructing uh, you know, at a higher ed level. And I know that not they're not necessarily uh, students who are looking to, or all of them anyway, looking to get into education. But, um, you know, what, do you, what are you seeing in the higher ed world? Differences maybe between K and 12, K-12 and higher ed? Um, how's that going, I guess? There are so many differences between K through 12 and, and higher ed. But, but first, something you said, I, I, I teach in the School of Communication at Rutgers. So I'm not teaching people who want to be educators. I'm teaching people who, when I ask them, what do they want to do in this world? You know, they say things like, I want to work for BuzzFeed. I want to be a PR manager. I want to be a social media marketer, uh, or I want to work in IT. So those are the kinds of careers that are being set up for the kids that I'm working with. I've converted one in six semesters who is now in education and she's getting her master's in uh, library science at Rutgers. And she's, she, she's killing it. She's crushing it in the education scene. So she's a young up and comer. Cool. Do you think that your experiences in those six semesters with those, you know, college students will help you or, or will matter to you in working with this student teacher? 
Absolutely. Uh, because one, it's in, it's somebody who, in, in terms of their demographic and their age, I'm, I'm comfortable talking to somebody of that age and teaching them. And not that it makes a difference. I mean, being somebody who does professional development, I'm used to talking to the adult learner. And, you know, when it's technology, it's not speaking geek, it's speaking people. So I know I have a lot I can throw at this young person who's a student teacher, but obviously being a teacher, I have an idea of how to teach them and have that coach's mentality of how can they get better? You know, I actually just spoke with him the other day for the first time and let him know that I'm going to give him every opportunity to be successful. And when he fails, I'm going to pick him up. And we'll, we'll we'll brush him off, and you know we'll put him back on the field, and he'll keep going. Yeah, I feel like I had a similar experience when I was starting to teach. Uh, I had someone who was before instructional coaching really became a thing. I had a guy who was sort of my coach, and and that's kind of what he did. And um, but he didn't really tell me that that's what he was doing. Like you just said, he kind of was just um, letting me do my thing, and. You know, there were times where I would want him to jump in and help me out and all that. But looking back on it, you know, 12, 13 years later, I'm really glad that he didn't. You know, at, in the moment, I would have loved for him to to really help me out and to, you know, maintain order in the classroom or whatever I needed him for. But, you know, that I got to do it on my own, um, you know, allowed me to learn through experience and, and learn probably quicker than I would have uh, had I not had those experiences. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to push him, but I, I told him there's one Chris Nessie. I'm not going to try to make another one. So I'm just going to give you every opportunity to find your voice, sim similar to being a podcaster, you know, find your voice and have you make what you believe is right out of the art of education and, and discover and find out who you are. Well, uh, we're we're... Running out of time, I want to wish you luck with not only uh, the student teacher, but just your school year in general. Of course, before we go, if you could let everybody know again uh, where you're at with the, with the podcasts and websites and social media and all that stuff, I'd appreciate it. Sure. So I love to connect with other educators. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Nessie, M-R-N-E-S-I. I'm the host of the House of Ed Tech podcast, which you can find at chrisnessie.com. And I also host Podcast PD, which you can find at podcastpd.com. And of course, as you hear on every episode of this podcast, uh, go check out the Education Podcast Network, Podcast for Educators, Podcast by Educators. For more, go to edupodcastnetwork.com. How was that, Dan? <laughs> it sounded good. It sounded, uh, again, like, like you're one of the OG educational podcasters. Uh, listen, all of that information, of course, will be in the show notes for this episode. But uh, Chris, I, I want to thank you. You know, I've, I've said it before and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say it again. I appreciate uh, you putting me on the network. I appreciate all the help you've given me on the air and off the air uh, with, with all of the things that, that I've tried to do uh, with this show and, and being a podcaster in general. Um, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate it. And, and again, just good luck to you in this, uh, in this new school year. Hey, th thank you for everything you're doing. And I'm glad that you are creating this podcast and that you're going to be doing amazing things this year as well. My thanks so much again to Chris Nessie for giving us this time and being my guest here on episode 30. Uh, I thanked him during our conversation. But again, 
Thank you so much, Chris, for not just being a guest on the show, but for all the help you've given me and all the support you've given to this show over the first year of its existence. I really appreciate it. Guys, I don't know about you, but so much of what Chris said about educational technology really made sense to me. And I think if you're listening to this, you could probably connect with a lot of the things that he said as well. I think the most important thing about educational technology is that we need to remember it's not just about the tools themselves, but about how the tools enhance student learning. I'm probably preaching to the choir. I'm guessing you know that already, but I think it's worth a reminder every now and again. If you're not already connected with Chris, please look him up at Mr. Nessie on Twitter. Subscribe and listen to his podcasts, House of Ed Tech and Podcast PD. And of course, the many other podcasts that he produces, including the Google Teacher Tribe, his website is chrisnessy.com. The Education Podcast Network, like I always say in my episodes, can be found at edupodcastnetwork.com. Once again, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Thanks for all the support you've given me over the past 12 months. I look forward to bringing you many more episodes with many more amazing educational leaders, leaders of learning who can inspire me and hopefully inspire you at the same time. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite way to listen. Also, if you like what you heard, please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. And don't hesitate to leave a positive review on iTunes or whatever service you use to listen. For more information, head over to leaderoflearning.com. There you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, Ways to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Voxer. Sign up for our newsletter and even how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again. And remember, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a leader of learning.